This is Father Joseph Anthony Cress. And this is Father Bonaventure Chapman. Welcome to God's Planning. Thank you to all of our supporters and Patreons. If you enjoy this show, uh, it, we ask you to please consider making a donation, becoming a benefactor, and tithing to the podcast through our Patreon page. The link is in the description. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the God's Planning Podcast on any platform that you are listening and or watching uh, to this episode on. Father Bonaventure, we are back at it again. Just vanity, yeah. I know. I, we haven't... I feel like I do some episodes, I guess because I do a lot of guest planning episodes with, uh-huh. with Father Gregory. Right. So there's some guys I don't do a lot of time with, but I think this is the first time I've done with you in a while. With first we, studio episode. First studio episode we did, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. We've done it's, some other ones. It's so. definitely in this uh, recording block, the first yeah. one that we're on uh, tap together. But uh, we're the two Franciscan names. So, uh, that's true. you know, the Franciscan, you could have Franciscan Dominican brothers. Yeah. 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 It's always the good stuff. And uh, we're affectionately uh, known, the two uh, of us, as the backbenchers. The backbenchers, yeah. yeah exactly. whenever, when everything else falls apart, we end yeah. up on an episode together. That's right. It's like, all right. Yeah. That's, that's fine. That's where we need to be. Yeah. Um, but we are, the, as far as the air date of this episode, we're looking in November, December, and all this kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, in this part of the year, one of the big things that happens is there's a lot of hospitality going on, mm-hmm. right? That's true. Uh, being on a college campus and um, at a Division One Power Five school, as I always like to brag about, uh, at the University of Virginia, we have a lot of big sports going on. And right around this time, we're making the transition mm-hmm. where it's one of the best times of year because you have both the football season happening, kind of coming to its tail end, yep. and the basketball season wrapping up. Mm-hmm. But also, you have a lot of parties. You have Thanksgiving. Um, there's a lot of advent parties and, yep. you know, friends givings and all these things. So most of these, um, I don't know, festivities yeah. always surround hosting friends and with like different food dishes, whether you bring something to a tailgate or to a Thanksgiving party, Friendsgiving or an yeah. advent party. Friendsgiving? What's Friendsgiving? Friendsgiving is where like you want to have a, a good meal with everybody, but you don't want it to be with your family. Oh, so it's a, instead of friends. Thanksgiving, because friends are the family that you choose. Oh, and creepy. so you have a friendsgiving. Oh, that's kind of silly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't that's worry not, about that's it. That's what family is. Yeah, don't lose sleep yeah. about it. It's okay. fine. But my question to you is: when you're invited to a, a party, a tailgate, a, a, yeah. a friendsgiving, whatever yeah. it may be, what's your go-to like dish that you bring oh, to the man. party? I haven't been to a potluck in a while. I'm invited <laughs> to a party. Um, I mean, if it's around Advent time, I suppose it'll be some sort of like Christmas cookies or something. Like, mm. I mean, I'm a slave to those cookies with icing on them. My sister particularly makes great, Ooh, great cookies, yeah. kind of sugar cookies with the icing and uh-huh. little things on top. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to make those because I have no idea to do that. I think I've done that once. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I might buy those things. Um, or if it's an evening, uh, some sort of wine, I'm not really a wine connoisseur, so yeah, I don't ever know okay. what to do with that, but that's kind of a thing you might bring to it. Um, although if it's a tailgate, um, I mean, wings are basically, and from bu- being from Buffalo, like bringing buff, hot wings is, is, is the kind of thing. But the thing is, well, I mean, get, everyone loves wings no matter what, you know, what temperature they're at, I suppose, either by heat or actual temperature. Mm-hmm. But when you have real Buffalo wings, it always feels disappointed to bring anything of those because they're always going to be cold by the time they get there. Absolutely. So, you got to eat them fresh. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. So you can't really bring fresh wings, but I suppose if it's a tailgate, I'll, uh, wings would be would be the thing to bring okay. to to that from, from Buffalo and have to make sure yeah. you're nice and hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, my go-to is a spinach and artichoke dip. 
Okay. What you make? I do. Wow. I do. Okay. And what kind of chips are we using with this? Oh, Nachos that's where it gets or? fun. You, okay. can, you can use any kind of chips, but if you really want to um, go go hard, go strong on this, get yourself some Tostitos lime. Oh, yeah. Uh, Those the, are pretty tasty. The, the chips yeah. that already have the lime like powder on yep. it or whatever, which I don't yeah. know how limes become powderfied or whatever that oh, is. Oh, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the real lime. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's like B17 <laughs> and A54 and some yeah. chemical in there yeah, that's yeah, going to... Yeah. Decreasing our but, life, or at least letting us grow with third eyes, or something. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, but yeah, that's my go-to. Okay, um, that's pretty dark. It's just dip. a bunch of cream cheese. And no, like, that's true. It's really it's named spinach and artichoke dip. Those are really just the the, the surface dip. of the cheese, the yeah. cream cheese, the mat. But you wouldn't want to call it like a cream cheese dip because then you think, oh, that's wow, not healthy. That's, but no. spinach and artichoke, that oh, sounds that's healthy. Pretty healthy. That's green things. Yeah, if there's exactly. green things, it's healthy. Yeah, them the vegetables. Uh, let's go. Yeah. So talking about healthy things. Yeah, and moderation yeah, and, and moderation. temperance yeah. and all sorts of things. Let's go. Uh, we want to talk about the virtue of chastity today. Um, yeah. It's a, an important virtue. It's a necessary virtue. And I think that's one of the things that's, um, it's necessary in all stages of our life. But we really have to begin to kind of wrestle with it and understand, like you said, the um, the ex excesses of it or, mm -hmm. or whatnot before we can uh, live it in a balanced and, and, and healthy way. So um, yeah, lead us into this. Let's let's open it yeah, up we, about the virtue of chastity. Well, we talked about you know the virtue of chastity and what to do with it in relation to the fact that I think most people when they hear about chastity, uh, they're going to think about things you can't do. It's going right. to be a prohibition. I think in general, the moral life uh, has this sense of uh, things that you're not allowed to do. We have this kind of negativity <laughs> aspect to it. And Dominicans, uh, for, for better or worse, we're more positivity kind of people. We're not is, big kind of moralists in the sense of, you know, because, you know, don't in mor moral life is don't do this, don't look at this, don't touch this, don't, yeah. you know, go here, don't. Um, we're more of what you ought to do or mm -hmm. what will make make you a better person in activity. We want to tend towards excellence, right? And yeah, I think that, that uh, in understanding the virtue in in that kind of complex human life of tending towards excellence does push you to want to find the good, want to find the positives and things while still knowing you have restrictions and boundaries and that there is excess and defect and all, the, yeah, all of these I, things. I think it's a bullying analogy is helpful in that yeah. um, with the moral life is, although it's good to avoid the gutters, the mm -hmm. point of it really is to... Uh, is to is to get strikes mm -hmm, and to hit mm -hmm. the pins. And in some ways, if you're do if you're bowling well, once you get to bowl excellently, mm -hmm. you, the gutters actually don't matter to you really. I suspect. Now I never got to that aspect. I was I, whenever I was, I was throwing down the, the ball, I was always trying to avoid gutters mm -hmm. and hoping to hit the kind of curl in the front or what have you. But I assume if you're a really good bowler. Um, the gutters are just there. They're not a, they're not a thing you're really that worried about. Yeah. You're focused on the pins and mm -hmm. the moral life. It can sound oftentimes like it's focused on the avoiding the gutters, but we actually want to get, get strikes on this and live it excellently. Yeah. And Dominicans tend to focus on the positives, not to say the negatives aren't there, but that if you just focus on negatives, if you're always focusing on what not to do at the end of the day, you're sitting there saying, I can't do a bunch of things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what am I supposed to do? I think chastity particularly has the sense because it's it's the about moderating the sexual passions. It's yeah, about things yeah. that, you know, we well are important mm -hmm. that you pay attention to and not uh, and not deviate from. Yeah. Uh, but we tend to feel like it's a bunch of no's mm -hmm. and. We thought that maybe in this episode, it'd be good to remind us that actually the noses, the gutters are not what we're really focused mm -hmm. on. We need to be saying yes to things and that that's what chastity is really about. 
And I think um, that's, that's really important because it's, there's a kind of a certain intensity to experience in the virtue of chastity where the beginning phases are about mm. all of the no's. And yeah. I think because that's everybody's first experience of what does chastity look like was all these things I can't do. Mm -hmm. Now we actually know that in a moral life, like a, a conversion of heart is to turn away from sin mm -hmm. and turn it towards Christ. It's a singular movement, yep. but it's a double, uh, double action. That's right. And so, um, it shouldn't surprise us that like we're going to experience the negatives first, but for some reason, the virtue of chastity has a certain intensity where that becomes the accomplishment of the virtue. As long as I don't do these things, then I'm accomplishing the virtue. Yeah. And I think the virtue is much more dynamic than that, actually. Yeah, and much more, it, much more directed yeah. um, uh -huh. towards sort of thing. And I think it makes sense in, this, in the way that controlling the passions and moderating, especially this, the sexual passions, which yeah. are so tied to our humanity and what mm -hmm. it means to reproduce as a species and our identity. In a way, the, the food passions are not as close to that. Right, I mean, right. there's lots of things that, you know, everything sustains in life in this way, but there's something about the, the passions of sex that have more, hit us more fundamentally and at our core. Yeah. Um, and we all do learn to be humans by being told no when we're children, this sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. that is how you, as you mentioned, you you direct on that. But you could call it a spiritual and a and a moral immaturity yeah. if you continue to focus on the no's as the whether you've succeeded in living the virtuous life, mm -hmm. as opposed to the the yeses and the positivity. And if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you're over the age of twelve or the age <laughs> of fourteen or sixteen. So it's really time for you to. It's really probably time for us to kind of move to maturity on yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, not that if you haven't, if you if you need to step back in the basic lessons, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that ideally you're seeing the, the positives of them. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And that's and that's what we wanna do and to talk about this thing about the virtue and then talk about uh, hopefully JP2's kind of, I think yeah. he shifted. It's nice to see Thomas and JP2 as both these emphases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think what, uh, just- And you see this what, on, on working uh, college campuses, uh, right? I assume so this much. is a, yeah, 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 a standard yeah. thing that people are trying to figure out how to live chastity and yeah. the college environment doesn't really provide a good model for mm -hmm. this. No. Uh, American culture doesn't in general, but college especially is basically four years of the moral law suspended if you pay $40,000. <laughs> dollars a year you pay for 40,000 and you get the moral law suspended if not more than yeah. that so know? this is something i assume that that you, you want and i'm i teach on a college on a university campus yeah. as well so yeah. we both teach both work in universities this is something that you that you see a lot of yeah. and deal a lot with i think one of the mentalities that you see and it's both present with uh, the virtue of chastity but it's also present with the virtue of temperance and specifically with mm -hmm. drunkenness um mm. and the there's a mentality that as long as bad things don't happen, I'm okay. Yep. I got away with one. I didn't one. violate yeah, something yeah. Or, or make a mistake. As long as there's there are not like negative consequences. And, and I see this with a lot of students who struggle um, in some of the party culture and, and stuff like that, is there's this mentality is like, oh, well, I got really drunk one night, um, but like nothing bad happened. Like I didn't right. punch my roommate and I didn't end up in jail. So yeah. I got blackout, but like I didn't end up in jail. So I got away with one, that's fine. It's like, no, that's a problem. Well, the question yeah, is, yeah, yeah. okay, nothing bad happened, but did something uh, good happen? Happened. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I got drunk. And you say, you say, well, but maybe that's not, not good. Right? But I think the yeah. same thing applies to chastity mm -hmm. is there's this mentality of, I'm gonna not do all these things. 
I'm going to not do it, not do it, not do it. Well, why? Because bad things are going to happen. Consequences and it's such. like you're always yeah. trying to do. I have to like kind of tighten up and 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 uh, white knuckle this because I don't want bad things to happen. I don't want bad things to happen. It's like what about tending towards the good? That's true. That's like, true. What about like moving towards excellence? And yeah, you are going to make sacrifices, or you're not going to act on your passions, or you know, one of the the things that's always said in kind of chastity talks is like, well, if you say no to something, there's always an implied yes. Mm -hmm. If you say yes to one thing, there's implied no's. Yes. So it's kind of thinking through like, okay, if I'm gonna focus, if I'm in a state of life where I cannot act, there's a kind of negation that going on with my sexual uh, passions. Mm -hmm. What am I saying yes to? What is the positive or the excellence to which I'm tending through this is a necessary action of mine right now. Yeah, I suppose this is a nice point to make the distinction between chastity and celibacy. Yes. Because I yes. think people think that these are the same thing, but as a philosopher, I'm very attentive to distinctions, <laughs> words, but especially, especially concepts. Yes. And we take uh, vows of chastity. Mm -hmm. um, well, the evangelical councils are about chastity. chastity. Celibacy is the, 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 you could say the discipline. Mm -hmm. So celibacy is that we are celibate. It's um, a particular form, particular of, form of chastity right. that says we don't, in, we don't, we're not engaged in any sexual activity. We're not married, so therefore, so yeah. we're, 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 so we, we don't have, we mm. don't act on the sexual passions this way. But that's not the, that's not the vow and the evangelical counsel. The good the chastity is that, which is, it is defined in different ways. The catechism talks about the integratedness of the mm -hmm. person, the yeah. whole yeah, self yeah, yeah, integrated, yeah. which is again, a positive fashion. It's not like, it's not the lack of something, but rather the right ordering of That's, our passions to it. And and we are all, the catechism is very clear about this, just like we're, it is, we work all called to be integrated mm -hmm. and especially as sexual persons, since that's part of who we are as, hum yeah. as humans. And so we're all called to chastity, whether you're religious or whether you live in, live a lay life, mm -hmm. everyone's called to chastity. Our form of chastity is a celibate life, right. but it's still a chaste life mm -hmm. as opposed to a married life that is also a chaste life. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's one of the really important understandings of like, okay, this is about the right ordering of mm -hmm. my sexual passions, not the annihilation yeah. of my sexual passions. And I think, you know, when you, when dealing with college students and um, I think there's this unfortunate presentation of, you know, chastity culture that starts in junior high and high school and continues on in many different circles. And unfortunately, the presentation of what chastity looks like is that you lack passions or emotions in mm -hmm. any kind of sexual desires. Apathetic. Is, yeah. is if, I, if I have a, an attraction, then I'm unchaste. And yep. it's really problematic. And you know, we're gonna fast forward the tapes a little bit. I do a lot of marriage prep, a lot of yep. wedding prep, into couples who are very intentionally in living a chaste relationship. Yep. There's sometimes a very uh, hard transition mm -hmm. uh, on the night of the wedding. Yeah, and it's very difficult because for decades they've taught, mm -hmm. okay, any sexual arousal Bad. or any sexual. Um, Attractions, activity, attractions. I have to eliminate. Yeah, to be a good virtuous person is the elimination of sexual desires. Yeah, but now I'm married, and I should be doing this. Yep. And, and it's a really difficult transition unless it's unless it's right ordered, like yep. the catechism talked yeah. about about being an integrated, integrated person and saying, oh, at this stage of life, I'm not going to act on this, but I'm not. 
I, I'm not a horribly person for having these yeah. attractions and arousals or desires. It's okay. That's no. part of my humanity, but yeah. I need to order my humanity. Yeah, I like I like that the not elimination but integration. Yes, that's what absolutely. chess is about, and it's it's so as you mentioned, it's under the virtue of temperance, which moderates the passions of food, drink, mm -hmm. for food, drink, and sex, the desires for these things, and it it's not the avoidance of all these passions. We have them; they're integrated in who we are. It's the right channeling integration of them into our state of life, our yep. call, our mm -hmm. vocation, and it involves being attentive to them and getting them into a positive, well, what, what should we say, um, upbuilding of the self, yeah. as opposed yeah, yeah. to one that the problem is oftentimes in chest, and we generally. You can err, of course, in, in these in, in vices in either excess or defect, mm -hmm. and usually one or the other is the more <laughs> likely to err. And very few people, I suspect, although it is certainly possible yeah. to err in the sense of, of defect, such Which that you just run away from women or run away from men. You have absolutely no <laughs> desire to, to do this, um, and have uh, you hate being a sexual person. It's that is certainly possible, especially the psychological stuff involved too. Generally, we're probably err on the side of, of, excess. of excess, and yeah. and the, the problem with that, of course, is that it diffuses oneself. Mm. So when you act on the passions, at, and when the passions are in charge, the passions are aimed at particulars, situations in this, and you get diffused over those individual particulars. Mm. Whereas when you bring the passions into virtue, you draw those particulars up into a singularity, okay. one goal, one focus mm -hmm. of the self, and then you're in control as opposed to like being spilled out other places. So it has this sense of when you follow the, when you don't pay attention to the passions and you let them control, yeah. it's like your soul is goes to the ground and spills around over it. Mm. Whereas when you have it in control, you're bringing it up and aiming towards the oneness towards God in that yeah, way. Yeah. So that's part of the integration. Yeah. Um, but that's the Thomistic one, uh, Thomistic kind of view, which is super helpful on this as well. I'm a big fan of it. I, yeah. I found it very helpful, especially working with our students and uh, the couples that we do marriage prep. Like it's, it's really, uh, really helpful. I remember uh, there was one time I was doing marriage prep and um, the the couple we we talked about we had kind of the sex talk of marriage prep and mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah everyone's favorite session if you're a priest this is everyone's favorite session uh, of, yeah of I'm like thing. if everybody else is willing to talk about sex yeah. why shouldn't the priest be and they, yeah. everybody gets uncomfortable I'm like you listen to anybody else in the world talk about sex and this one time yeah. that the priest is going to talk about it's it he starts squirming these are like the one conversation we should be having yeah exactly yeah but I remember the uh, the next meeting we came back the the guy was like father. I've been in Catholic school my entire life. I have never heard this. He's like, it totally changed everything about how I'm approaching marriage. Because yeah. unfortunately, he was seeing marriage as the like doorway. He crossed the threshold. Now he gets to have sex. Like yep. marriage is a permission to finally, have sex. Finally, the, the gate can open. All like, those unruly passions that have had it. can yeah. now finally. And he was yeah, like, be, that's they're a, permitted to be unruly in this place. It's like I, everyone has, even you have a party, a drunken party. Of course, on, on St. Patty's Day, you're allowed right. to go hog uh, wild. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's And good that's point. what he's like, you know, I was trying so hard to be chased because I knew sex was for marriage. But once you got married, then it was like for yeah. And he was like, I had no idea like how to integrate that. Yeah. And that it's so much more. That's right. Chastity in marriage is so much more and yeah. is really beautiful and, and allows the spousal union to really be in its fullness in that yeah. sense. Yeah, I think this is where, and I think we're both we're both inclined to JP two and yes, uh, attention yes, to this. Are. And I know in my marriage prep, I use I use uh, JP 2s uh -huh. stuff, 
especially his his work on chastity and love mm-hmm. uh, and the gift of self. And you can see this in the catechism where it talks about chastity as being not only integration of the self, but for the gift of self. Yeah, yeah. As he talks about this a lot, but I have to say Love and Responsibility is uh, uh, one of the best books I've ever read. I encourage <laughs> everyone to have this one in front of me here. There it is, um, the viewers. It's all marked up um, and everything. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff in here. It's, but he has a great section on chastity. Mm-hmm. And the thing with, with uh, JP2 is he... He's known for the theology of the body as a response to humane vitae. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. that came out, it was it seemed like when we talk about the negativity kind of thing, it uh-huh. wasn't, but it was received as you can't do X, you can't do Y, you can't do Z, and without any kind of positive program for it. Mm-hmm. And so we developed this theology of the body about the personal gift, the nuptial mystery, spousal yeah, yeah, analogy, yeah. all this, just to give the positives of of why. Um, why contraception is a problem and why we should live in the particular Catholic vision that accords with humanae vitae. Right, right. I think in a similar way, but chastity, sometimes when the, you have it in the virtue of temperance, mm-hmm. just setting it up like that, while true, has a sense of it's already saying no. It's moderating, mm-hmm. which is to say, you know, we've got to like know in some fashion or kind of no, kind of yes in this way. And in... He develops an account based upon what he calls the personalistic norm that you, there are two kind of things in the world. There's things and there's persons and you use things and you, you love persons and he's very attentive throughout this book. And I love it. He gets it from a, a German philosopher, Immanuel Kant. Who gets it from <laughs> Christian August Crucius? But um, in any case, we won't go into that. That's a, that's a the matter of the matter of the issue is that um, he's concerned that in the way that we talked about the dissipation yeah, uh, through yeah. the particulars, um, that we all, because of sin, slide into treating persons like things and uh-huh. to use them. And he thinks that chastity is the virtue that assists us to treat them rightly as persons, mm-hmm. as opposed to unchastity your lack of chastity is just using people like things right and in the way it's when you focus on that what you do is you say well if i'm if i'm not chaste if i'm not focused on being attentive to the person for what they ought to be mm-hmm. and i'm just using them for sexual pleasure or gratification or myself i'm using yeah. them as an object then i'm mistreating them because i i ought to treat them as persons That's- that focus, and he has this beautiful. I'll just I'll just read this one little section uh, here on uh, chastity. If I can, yeah. So your book is so uh, annotated and marked up. It's fantastic. Yeah, for the recognition and appreciation of the true value of the body and sex. That's the temperance yeah, bit. Uh-huh. Is conditional on the revaluation of which we have spoken, the raising of these values, so the values of body and sex, to the level of the person is characteristic of and essential to chastity. Now, this is it. Thus, also, only the chaste man and the chaste woman are capable of true love. Only those who are attentive to sexual activity and the the direction of the heart Mm -hmm. towards those as they ought to be are capable of accepting and loving those people as they ought to be loved instead of as used as objects, Uh loving persons versus using objects. I think it's such a beautiful way of another way of, of, of getting the sense of using objects is about what you can't do with something. I shouldn't use a can opener to do to, uh, to to wash a car or something. So don't use can openers to wash cars. 
things have these kind of things on, you know, these prohibitions, and that's the main thing with them. Mm-hmm. Where and but of course they ought to be used them well. But persons aren't to be used even. No, um, they're suppo- they're to be loved, and that has an entirely different and positive positive sense because you're focusing on what you ought to do and how you ought to treat the person, not how you ought not to treat the person. Mm-hmm. And I think this is that kind of dynamic of making sure that we are rightly using the things in of our life, but also not objectifying the people in our life mm-hmm. to what they can produce, what they can provide for us. And this objectifying of the individual to provide this pleasure or this, you know, useful experience for me. But I, I find that it's it's not uncommon that we see a lot of people who actually, they don't just kind of blur the lines, but they completely invert it. Mm-hmm. Yes. They love their things and they use people yeah, to get to, get to the increase their things. Of course. Of right? course. And I know this is like this is a whole societal issue yeah. and things like that. But what what John Paul II is actually beginning to open your eyes and peel back the layers to is like the rightly ordered person who uses things and loves people. Yeah then isn't going to be so attached in his love of things, those things that he then uses a person to increase his things. Yeah. And then you can see how this starts to not chastity and, and, and is a part of a greater fabric, but yep. really, really does help and assist when we understand it in the personalistic norm here that chastity helps us to actually right order our entire life. Yes. It's particularly about our sexual desires, but with this motivation, with this understanding of the fact that I should love people and use things, not love things and use people, yeah. then I start to actually strive for excellence in, in the proper way in the entirety of my life. Yeah. Not just in the sexual desires, but in the entirety of my yes, life. Yes, and this is where JP2 uh, realigns. So chastity is traditionally under the under temperance, right. which is in a sense kind of the lowest of the virtues, mm-hmm. but moderating the passions of sex, food, and, and drink. Um, but he says, of course, because charity is the form of all the virtues, right. and he puts chastity as partaking in a sense more of even that love mm-hmm. of charity mm-hmm. uh, for love of God and therefore love of others such that then it does as you say reorder your entire viewpoint of how mm-hmm. you see the world and not only the world but also how you see God the right. point of chastity is not just <laughs> to make sure you don't misuse people by right. not using them but rather treat them as persons mm-hmm. but that you love persons in the right way in the full sacrificial way, such yeah. that you start to get a sense of what it means to love God yep. on, and see him loving us on the cross. So instead of, again, diffusing down to the ground, uh, it's pointing us up to heaven. Yeah. And that's why anyone is chaste, is mm-hmm. because the virtue of chastity leads to the virtue of charity and love, redirects us, unifies, integrates us for what we ought to be, mm-hmm. so that paying attention and seeing people as chaste, in chaste, with chaste eyes, yeah. seeing people as with chaste eyes, means that you'll and be able to love, see, yeah. and, chaste, and loving them with right. chaste hearts, means that you'll be able to see and love God in them and above them, which is the reason why, again, we all we all have to uh, aim for chastity. Yeah. And us as religious are the eschatological sign of that there's only one person, mm-hmm. three, that we should be really loving in this full yeah. way. And I think, um, you know, in a, in a upcoming episode, Father Patrick and I are uh, discussing um, Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. and the first ring of hell is is lust. Yeah. And, and that episode widest. is probably already ha- yeah. 
Yeah. It's coming up. That's right. I, I, yeah, I think it's next yeah, week's yeah. episode. It's yeah, next week's right. episode. Um, so preview. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things is like, like you were saying is that like, it helps us to open our eyes. A chaste life helps us to open our eyes to hopefully how we begin to see each other and see God. Yeah. And I've worked with a lot of, a lot of students and a lot of other people uh, at the parish and, and throughout uh, my priesthood where you work with them. And once they kind of, they feel like their struggles with lust or their struggles with unchastity mm -hmm. are the thing that just motivates and, and controls and dictates their entire day. Yeah. Every day it's like sure. this, this, this thing. And then once they are, they're able to establish a habit and then moving into a yeah. virtue of chastity, they're like, they start to, I know this sounds like kind of romantic in a sense, but they, they start to see the world in, in a whole new way. Yes. And like, I can do these things. I can, I can, you know, really strive. Now that I got that kind of mountain behind me or anything, once again, it's the lies of the evil one that lust and chastity is such a mountain that it is yeah. it's it's not like yeah. you can just you can overcome that with god's grace and 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 habits and things like that but it is really beautiful to see people like kind of get this breath of fresh air and they're like oh i can see things differently now because yeah. it's like it's been such a blinding effect with that hope and that desire is this is preparations for how we see other people not as objects how we see ourselves yeah not as the scum of the earth that, you know, is struggles with unchastity, but also the, the gift that I am in, yeah. in being a human person dignity. with my own sexual desires. Like that's a, that's a real gift, but also that preparation, preparation to see God yeah. and who he is as well. Yeah. We're made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, God is beloved above all things yeah. in all things and above all things. And we, as persons, insofar as we are the image and likeness of God, partake in the sense that we become ends as well, yeah. not the complete end that no. he is in our lives, but that there are these nodes, these kind of like small uh -huh. stopping ends in the way that the rest of the world, all the material things don't even compare no. to any of these these little ends that are that are ourselves, who are image and likeness of the true end. And the chastity is the, the, the drawing of our loves, yeah. first in ourselves, then to others, and then up to God. Yeah, well. I think that's a great place to wrap it up and end it for today. Uh, everything tending towards God. That's what that's what everybody needs to know, including our sexual desires and our passions need to, um, you know, be rightly ordered uh, in, in our human life uh, so that we can be in the eternal presence of God. So thank you to all of our listeners and thank you to you for listening all the way through this episode of God's Planning. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any other social media. Subscribe to us on YouTube uh, as well. Uh, please subscribe and leave a review or comment on whatever platform you are listening to. Uh, it really helps us out. And we appreciate it. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, uh, please do so through our Patreon page, which is, the link will be in the description or the show notes of this very episode. Uh, and you can also follow the links there to our website um, where we have uh, merchandise and upcoming events. Um, please be on the lookout for any up upcoming events. We're doing some uh, kind of scattered things. This is the last, this is the last uh, week of the, of the fundraiser, too, for the retreat. So we really appreciate everyone's oh, right, gifts for that. Right. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for the reminder of that. So thank you to all the support uh, and helping to spread uh, the, the news. Like we always say, like, share, subscribe for this. But know that we are praying for you. God bless you. Mm -hmm.